wake up. Wake up. It's time to go to the barn. <laughs> time to go dive into some hay. Wake up. Time to go to the woodshed. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so a little peek behind the curtain for the listener. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I broke one of the cardinal rules of the podcast. Which is? And so... Um, <laughs> well, uh, in the, in the recording studio, there's a third loft that you can get to by way of a rickety ladder. Uh-huh. Uh, and I like to go up there and jump off. Right. Uh, Rob, Rob keeps a pile of hay in the studio. <laughs> I like to dive into that. Right. It's just, it is a pile of, uh, stole quarter inches that we're not using XLRs and what have you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, it's very dangerous though. So I understand that when I do that and Rob catches me, he, uh, he takes me out to the woodshed woodshed and, uh, beats, beats my whole ass <laughs> <laughs> and makes me thank God that he's doing it. Yeah. You thank God that I'm beating your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rob. Yep. This week on King Me Babies, mm-hmm. we got a real doozer on our hands. We do. Agree or, agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. It's a, do- it's a doozer. It's a doozer. It's a dozer. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but I don't, I don't, I, I see this thing cracking my, probably my, certainly my top 10, maybe my top five. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing when I was reading story, it. but we're not but we're not talking about the story. Yet. Yeah, we can't talk about that yet. If you want to find out where we rank the story, you'll have to sign up on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/KingMePod. That's, right. That's right. And hey, maybe you're new to the feed here, so I'm going to give you a little rundown. I can tell you how it goes. First half of the show, we're going to be talking about the Dollar Baby adaptation of this week. The last rung on the ladder, made in, uh, I almost said 1887. <laughs> that would be that'd be something, huh? That'd be kind of spooky. <laughs> it would be spooky. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, 1987. Um, also, this story also pretty not spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Well, 1987. I mean, haunting. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Two years after the government took control right wait three no no it's two <laughs> no I mean, it's they three. started and then two, it's two years it, after <laughs> springsteen madonna <laughs> oh, oh are we are we bowling for soup right now <laughs> <laughs> um here's the thing about me when yeah. i'm bowling for soup uh-huh. it's always a strike oh yeah, that's right. I slurp the soup. <laughs> yeah, I'm real gross about my soup. <laughs> what do you want? A napkin that goes from shoulder to shoulder, tucked <laughs> into my collar. Uh, yeah, Dan. So, hmm? yeah, this week's uh, uh, King Me Baby is not, it's not spooky. No. Haunting, but not haunted. That's right melancholy oh, which is a real sweet spot for steven i gotta say right <laughs> we'll get into it we'll get into it that's really more short story territory yep and that's a cool rhyme <laughs> but let's focus on the film 1987 uh, the film <laughs> the film uh directed co-directed you if you will mm-hmm. two directors right now I don't know that they split it 50-50, but for, for brevity's sake, I'm going to say they co-directed. Yeah. Uh, and we got G- Jim Cole and Daniel Thrawn. Right. Um, what else have they done, Dan? What else are these guys well, up I can to? Tell you. I can tell you a little bit about that. So, um, Jim Cole. Uh-huh. He's not really working anymore. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I figured that would be too grim to learn. <laughs> so yeah. I spared myself. We we don't want to we don't want to add any more grim sort of uh overtones no, no. to this this episode. 
episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Um. Actually, um. Paige just brought in the mail. Uh oh. And she handed me something. Uh, handwritten address to me. Uh oh. Return address: Jim Cole. Oh no. Oh yeah. It's and the return address. It says Jim Cole. Top of an insurance building, Los Angeles, California. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what Jim Cole's up to now, but he was, uh, uh, you know, he this comes out in 87, but he's mostly active as like a professional, uh, like second unit and assistant director in like the early 2000s. Right. Doesn't do a lot in the U.S., works a lot in Canada and England, uh, some Russia. Yeah. England. Thoughts? Uh on England? Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure it's easier to make a movie over there. There are no laws. Of course, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh. <laughs> Hit the books. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's... I don't know. He, he hasn't done anything like... Anything I was familiar with. It seems like his big credits are... Um, Something called Tom and Thomas, which is like the first movie that Aaron Taylor Johnson is in. We all know Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, who is Aaron Taylor? Oh, I know who. Rob, he's Kickass from Kickass. Yeah, he's married to that old lady. What? Oh, you don't know about this? He's married to an old lady? She's an older lady, yeah. Um,. A cougar? Yeah. What was the movie that... So, um, he, uh, his spouse, Sam Taylor Johnson, uh, who... Aaron. Oh, his... Oh! That's his wife's name. His wife's name. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess that could be a girl's name, too. She was... Very well. She was born in 1967. Wh- wow. Which is older. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it was. So she she directed the movie Nowhere Boy, which is about um a young John Lennon played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay. A- Aaron Taylor Johnson. This did not come up in my research. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, we we should talk about it for at least a minute. I mean, it is pretty a- weird. <laughs> absolutely, but I do want to I do also want to say Yeah. I very excitedly texted you. I was like, I, I got like a nice comprehensive sheet of notes together for this yes. episode. And you were like, that's great. I love it. Yep. And then you just kept this in your back pocket. <laughs> I gave you editing permission. I know you did. Oh God. All right. So tell me all about this. Um, so he was 18 at the time of filming that he was just 18. Yeah. And you know he, what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, and uh, his uh, soon-to-be wife was, let's see, what is it, 40? You have 40? No, that can't be right. 97? Yeah, 42. So. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, you know... A lot of people in Hollywood. What do you in, think of May December industry. romances, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say a lot of people who work in entertainment think that forty what'd you say, forty two? Yeah. Forty two is the perfect age to start having sex with an eighteen year old. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but hey, good for them, you know. Hey, if 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 these two crazy well one crazy kid and one crazy adult <laughs> can find happiness come on <laughs> what if he was like what if he was like attracted to her cuz he was like god you're so mature for your age yeah like she's eating worthers on set <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't know that's <sighs> So like, here's the thing, right? If the the uh, the sexes were reversed here, right, and it was a 42 year old man, if it was oh, a so you uh, want you want her on top, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I like also I I like that you and I will let you get to your point, of course, of course. But I I just want to say I love that you ask me what I think of May December romances, so you could. <laughs> 
go into your well, <laughs> tirade. No, you know what? Because uh, like uh, the only because re- what are we what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, this fucking movie that was from two thousand nine or nine seven two thousand nine. So now this is thirteen years later. Now she is fifty five years old, where he is thirty one two, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It, it, like again, if this was some sort of a reverse situation here, I would I would be saying the same thing. Where like, what do you, what do you what do you have to talk about with a fifty five year old? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, like but fucking, on, uh, okay. So go ahead. we're both in our thirties. Yeah, wouldn't you agree that sure. it would be really nice to be married to someone in their like early to mid fifties? It just seems chill. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I, I do understand what you're saying. It does seem like chill. Like you don't have to necessarily do things. A lot of staying mm-hmm. inside. Probably that's, a lot that's of what I'm saying. A lot of soup. you go to like <laughs> you go to like a tasteful dinner party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she's a little older, but like imagine like. Catherine Keener is your wife. Okay. That's got to be a very positive life vibe, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Catherine Keener seems she. Yeah, she seems pretty cool. Right. Yeah. But like that type of like crunchy older lady. Sure. Love to. I'd love to have someone like that around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just want like an old maid. <laughs> I guess a literal old maid. Yeah. 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 So, Darn my socks. <laughs> yeah. Somebody to play to play uh, like bridge with. Yeah. I yeah. need a bridge partner. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Call. Yeah. Like have a few of her friends come over. Right. Have a nice round of bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the verdict is. Um, May, December. Pretty cool. May, December is cool. Yeah. Just yes. May on December. Right. Or December on May. <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say. Hard to say. Uh, all right. How, so why, why are we talking about all this? Because we're, we're talking about the, the the filmography of Jim Cole, uh, co-director. Tom of, and Thomas, of course. Yes. Tom and Thomas also directed a show called Blackpool. Is that a like title Deadpool? Which, I don't think so. It's It looked... So I went to like the page on IMDb and it looked incredibly British. Oh, it it stars, does look so British. <laughs> it stars David Tennant and David Morrissey. Mm-hmm. And it is in fact so British that the poll quote on the DVD describes it as chuffing brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's British. Which right. goes to show what I know. I didn't even know chuffing could be used like that. I thought it was like, I thought you could only say something was like a right chuffer. Sure. A, a pro- I'm having a proper chuff at this Blackpool <laughs> lad. The absolute lad. Blackpool. Right. Uh, okay. So that's that's Jim Cole. Right. Okay. And then Daniel Thrun, still working, mostly does like VFX stuff. Okay. It's pretty cool. He works. He was worked on some big stuff. Blade Runner 2049. Hey, that's a good one. Infinity War, the Avengers film. I've heard of it. And Tron Legacy as a matte painter. Did you know they're still matte painters? Oh man, that that makes me happy. Yeah, I wonder if it's just like you're doing it in a computer. Oh, like matte painting? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. That. Uh, have you seen Have you seen any of the Tron movies? Are there more than the two? Well, no, there's just the two. But oh, okay. <laughs> um. No, I haven't seen either of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember. Like, I remember when I first saw Tron Legacy, it wasn't really my thing. And then I watched it like last year or sometime, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? This is actually kind of fun." And then I was just yeah. like, "This is a I like. F- I want to be inside of a computer. That seems fun." Yeah, I uh, I want to. I I could see myself enjoying a movie. It's about uh, it's about glow sticks, right? Yeah. There's yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just about the power of glow sticks. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Jeff Bridges. Uh, he, he. It's so funny. In the first movie, he plays like a character. He's like kind of like a, a f- you know fun guy, but he's not like 
full on like post Lebowski Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. And in the new movie, uh, that's what he is. He's just like, hey man, uh, you know, we're just inside <laughs> of a computer. <laughs> um, isn't he like the bad guy in the sequel? Uh, it, well, it, kind of. There's uh, there's the the real uh, Jeff Bridges who is like the older man. Right. And then mm-hmm. there's <clears throat> in the, uh, in the first movie, uh, his character, like his inside computer, say avatar, um, is just like a version of him. So that oh. avatar carries over into the sequel and it's the younger original movie version of Jeff Bridges, who is the bad guy. Oh, very high concept. Very high concept. Um, Daft Punk, they do the soundtrack and they make a cameo appearance at like some site. Do they really? Yeah. They're in with like, the with the helmets on? Yeah, the whole thing. Or is it just two French guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a couple French guys hanging out in the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, they uh with the helmets Trump. and everything, they're they're DJing a uh, a party inside the like the this computer bar or whatever. I I think I'm gonna watch just that scene. Yeah, that's fun. um are you a daft punk guy i like daft punk yeah cool are you a daft punk guy yeah i guess a little bit i mean i like it yeah i i never like cared about like they were never part of my life Uh uh-huh you know, I, I guess I took them for granted. <laughs> I think we all did. But it was, it was one of those things, right, where I was, like, very surprised to learn that so many people, you know, like, when they put that last album out and they were like, this is our last album. Right. When it... Execute. <laughs> yeah, just fin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was surprised by how many people were, like apparently deeply committed to daft punk no yeah i mean i'm not super committed i guess they're i i i didn't know that there was such a uh, uh i guess a following for daft punk either but yeah that was a pretty good album right? yeah a few, yeah. A few bangers on there <laughs> yeah pay homage to some of the greats yeah right like uh what giorgio maroder probably <laughs> probably probably um okay yeah um, just, uh, last, last little things about the, uh, the last wrong and the liar, just like the yeah. crew and stuff. Sure. Um, all the cast members, this is the only thing they've ever done. Good. And then I think <laughs> equally good is the fact that this is the only music credit that goes to Ann Livermore, who, oh. um, I don't know if this is, I assume this is like original music for this short. I couldn't find anything on like whether or not this was like an existing piece of music. Yeah. But it's like very prominent throughout the film, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's, it creates a very specific and strange mood. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah. I kind of found like, I don't know. It, it felt so much like this is made in 1987. It felt so much like, uh, I don't know, like movies or TV shows from like, the late seventies, early eighties, like uh, it's, uh, I don't know. The music is almost, it's like sad. Um, and then like with slight, like, I don't know, not whimsy to it. Um, I don't know. There's something there. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know in like theory terms what this is called, but it's doing, <laughs> the the sort of like main melody at the beginning yeah. reminded me of like kiss kiss from a rose the seal song sure yeah like yeah. I, do you know what i mean like it yeah I, it's like it's piano heavy right yeah it's even it's just like yeah melodically i can't explain myself so i'm gonna i'm gonna drop it <laughs> all right well but, it sounds like kiss from a rose yeah for a second <laughs> for, a for second. like half a second right um so what do we we open on um just a, a guy he's uh just a, a, he's opening a letter addressed to him and and then it it 
he reads the letter and then he just sort of stares off into the distance. Mm-hmm. And then we are brought back to uh, uh, a f- we get a flashback mm-hmm. and of a couple kids playing in a field. So, did you watch this first or did you read the story? I did watch it first. Okay. Yes. So, so did I. And I'm assuming both of us were unfamiliar with the source material. Correct. Prior to watching it. Yes. Yes. I had not read the story or obviously seen this. Um, Saying it like I'm setting up like a close-up magic trick. (laughs) And I cannot see your card. Is that correct? (laughs) You close-up magic guy? Big time. Yeah. Uh, We've been over this. Have we? I'm pro. Yes. You're pro magic? I found myself succumbing to the Carbonaro effect. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. We did talk Carbonaro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you David Blaine guy? No. No. Is it because Packed. of his uh, association with the Pussy Posse? <laughs> no, I actually, that might be the thing I like most about okay. him. He knows <laughs> yeah, how to like... make all five inches disappear. You know? ah! <laughs> My man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have sex with you while I stand on this block of ice. (laughs) 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 You know, it's (coughs) that story about Leonardo DiCaprio, like having sex with like AirPods in his ears. Like apparently (laughs) he's like so disconnected. (laughs) So like all, who was it that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I just like to think that all members of the Pussy Posse have like some sort of weird, se- like disassociative sex <laughs> thing that they're. They have to kill one or more of their senses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Suppley is uh, like blindfolding himself. <laughs> yes. Elijah Wood has cut out his own tongue. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the Pussy Posse, right, Elijah? No. <coughs> no. Or no, Toby. Toby. Toby, yeah. Toby M. Right. Thinking of Toby M. Yeah. The. Evil Elijah Wood, aka yes, Toby McGuire. <laughs> he really at is at the, the intersection the anti Elijah, isn't he? It, it's weird. Yeah, it's like because like you have like Topher Grace over here, and then you have sure. Elijah Wood, and it's like they're two positive magnets. Yeah, and the rep- in in the repellent field, yeah, exists Toby McGuire. <laughs> uh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah, I interrupted you though. You you were gonna say something. Um, what was I gonna say? David Blaine, magic. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, headphones. Oh, I just I I heard a rumor recently that this is probably like extremely well known, but it was new to me uh-huh. that Leo is rumored by some to be a homosexual oh really had you heard that and that's like the the that's like the pussy posse thing is like a calculated overcompensation i think it's more likely that he's just horned up yeah i mean you know i i suppose it's possible but it seems unlikely um given like i don't know the guy is always with like girls who are like 22 or 23 years old yeah it actually seems like a simpler explanation to me that like the the story is publicist constructed is that he's gay yeah 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 right as cover that, that's right? that's the cover is that like all of these uh extremely young girls that he's dating are just uh beards beards yeah yeah, yeah. all right i mean um anyway <laughs> yeah so we got on the pussy posse because of this. Uh, you were watching this scene between a, a young brother and sister. All right. Anyway. All right. Uh, pussy posse, don't, of course. don't throw me under the bus here <laughs> in front of your wife too. Who, no, no, no. who looks like she could not care less about anything you have to say. <laughs> the 100% of the time. Actually. Yeah. You're talking and she did not acknowledge you at all in the room. Oh, that was actually a very conscious choice on on her part. She needed to come in and said, "Can I if I actually this is this makes me look worse." Okay. She was like, "If I'm very quiet, can I come in?" Mm-hmm. It's like, and, yeah, and you bitch, said, "It's your house too." <laughs> yeah. Well, you better be yeah. fucking quiet. <laughs> yeah. 
this mic picks you up because I got the meter. So I'll see. Even if I don't hear it, I'll see it. Okay. So tiptoes, tiptoes. All right. All right. So a couple kids um, in a field. Yes. Uh, Larry and Kitty. That's right. Katrina, a.k.a. Kitty. Um, Uh, Sort of. And again, for the listener, this is to rob the yeah. pussy posse is these two children. All right. All right. All right. That was too blue. All right. right. All right. That's t- yeah. take it easy. Cut it. Clip it. Yep. Mark it. Clip it. Taking it. One twenty. Uh, yeah. All right. Twenty six minutes. Fifteen seconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Written down. So, uh, this brother and sister, they're talking and, uh, their father, I guess is like, He's in town or something like that. They're on this uh, farm, and the brother gets the idea. He's like, "Let's go." Uh, what's he? He calls it like. Um, oh, what the fuck does he call it? Hold on. He calls it something in the in the story. It's like uh, barn jumping or hay diving or something like that. Oh yeah, something like that. Let me. Yeah, I'm looking for it. Um, so yeah, but they are, they're going to do that little detail. I want to know just cause like it's short enough that I think we got time. Sure. Um, before they commit to doing the hay diving, they're doing like, um, they're doing that thing where you like take a blade of grass and put it between mm. like your thumbs and you basically use the grass as like a reed, like you would for like a woodwind instrument <laughs> an oboe or something and you make it make like a high-pitched sound yeah and larry can't do it and and uh kitty knocks it out of the park right right off the bat yes and i just feel like nice like there's not a ton of uh character stuff in this and right i feel like that's kind of like the most you maybe the most you get about either of them is yeah kind of i um it is it is kind of strange uh watching this and then reading the story because this the the adaptation feels a, a little thin in comparison um yeah it so the kids they go up to this um uh, they climb the ladder in the barn and they they stand on this beam and they jump down from like they don't in the adaptation they don't say how high it is but you assume that it is very high up um, yeah looks like you know in the adaptation i don't know maybe like 30 or 40 feet or something and yeah it's it's i found it was hard to have like a sense of scale in the yeah i mean right it's they're not they're not really they're they're no wide shots here establishing anything (laughs) the most you really get is like one shot at the base of the ladder pointed up yeah so and also um the it's like very low lighting throughout this whole thing in the barn yeah um so the ladder does kind of it does like give the ladder the illusion of just like kind of going on forever like you can't really see the top right um but yeah so yeah they climbed they climbed to the top of the beam yeah they and then they jump off into the hay and they they keep doing this the two of them they take turns and they're not supposed to be doing this like uh, their their father told them not to play in the barn, like all that shit, and and they're still doing it because they're kids, and that's what kids fucking do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, they're doing this for a while, and then Larry, little Larry, uh, <laughs> he notices it's getting uh, dark out, so he's like, "All right, it's pretty much, you know, Dad's gonna be home soon. We're gonna have to, you know, we'll take one more turn each, and then we gotta, you know, wrap this up." So he does it, and then she starts climbing the ladder, and the ladder starts shaking, and it falls out from under her, and she is stuck. So it seems like the ladder like broke into like two pieces, mm-hmm. and like like her body was like the breaking the midpoint. So like she is holding on to the run the top rung of the ladder, and the ladder from like say like her waist down is totally gone. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing underneath her. Uh, they were jumping like off to the side where the hay was. Um, 
so Larry, uh, he gets the idea. He starts grabbing hay and piling it up under the ladder. Um, she's really high up and she's hanging on for dear life. And, and, and then the, the, the rung that she's hanging on to starts like coming apart. Yeah. Yeah. It like slides out of the, uh, out of the frame of the ladder. Right. Right. It's like separating. Yeah. Um, and Larry just keeps running back and forth and just getting more and more hay to pile up underneath her. And, and then it's, then he, uh, you know, she's like, uh, you know, it's falling apart. I can't hold it. And he's like, okay, jump. And she falls down into the hay. And at first she's like, you know, he's not sure if she's alive. He's like digging her out of the, uh, the hay and she's alive. And then the doctor yes. comes and she has like a she, uh, broken yeah, she, foot or leg. He uncovers her from the hay and she says, you're on my foot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're on my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is kind of strange because, yeah, the next in the next shot, her foot's in a cast. Right. So <laughs> does kind of seem like he broke her foot. Yeah. Um. So but yeah, they they have like a they have a conversation um while she's laid up in bed and um she's just sort of like she's like I didn't know what you were doing. Right. Like I had, I had my eyes closed the whole time, but you're my brother, so I knew you were helping me. It's very sweet. And then who walks in the room? Oh man. Oh, but dad who <laughs> says Jesus okay, Christ. Okay. This I was so surprised when this was verbatim the same as the story. Well, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, like, it's it's really how you say things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, I'm. this is the worst line delivery in the whole movie. Yeah. Far and away, right? Yeah, by far. Um, also, like, um, all right, yeah, so what's the line? Yeah, he goes, we're going to the woodshed, Larry. I believe you know what's going to happen there. Right. Which, but he says it even more wooden than that. Yeah, I mean, in in this adaptation, when he says that, I legitimately was not sure if he was going to beat his son or molest his son. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, the guy he comes in and he like his whole demeanor is not like angry dad who like has to discipline his kid. Yeah. Um, you know, he comes in, he puts his hand on the kid's shoulder. And it, you're right. Like, it's just like this, like, like deadpan, like, I don't even know, like, just wooden, like you said, like, uh, delivery. And he's just like, uh, yeah, you have to go out to the woodshed now. And I think you know what's going to happen to you out there. And it seems like it's kind of hard to tell because, like, this, this is like an old copy that was, like, ripped and uploaded. Right. Um, but it, it seems like the guy playing the dad like widens his eyes as he says that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. I, I'm. Yes. You know, I got what's a freeze frame. Happen. I got a freeze frame. He very clearly has, has bulged his eyes out. I'm taking a screenshot for posterity. Yeah. I'm entering this into evidence. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's very strange. And then from there, we cut back to the present day. Right. And, um, we see right. The next thing is basically just like we see the letter. Yes, we see the got. letter, and yeah. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to read it? I can if you want. Yeah, well, go for okay. it. Okay. Um, it's from. Uh, from yes, Kitty. It's from Kitty. It's very short and says, "Dear Larry, I've been thinking about it a lot lately." And what I've decided is that it would have been better for me if that last rung had broken before you could put the hay down. Right. And then we see a newspaper headline in the same shot that like widens out. It right. says young woman swan dives to her death. Yeah. Which um, is like a um, out of the context of this, like a newspaper would not publish that headline. I don't know that that's a, that would be insane for that headline to be published in a newspaper in the short story. It makes a lot more sense. There's a lot of talk of swan diving. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, in 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 the story, it was just kind of like, oh, that's a weird prop that they made for this. <laughs> right. Kind of how it felt, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even like even a line have the kids say something about like I'm gonna swan dive. Just something. Some, you you should have like some sort of because you're right. Like in the in the story, like they they talk about swan diving quite a bit. They yeah. <laughs> and then when that headline pops up, you're like, oh. Yeah, I like you're making that connection or whatever. This is there's no connection here. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so then there's a a note that Larry writes to his dad also. Yes. Right? And that's an embellishment of the story because there's some like closing narration that feels a little lost without this. Yeah. Um, but it, it just says, "Dear dad, it's been too long." And then um I don't know. I don't think you can really make out. You can't make out. You can only like really see that last line. There. Only the last line, which is she was the, she was the one who always knew the hay would be there. Right. See you soon. Which in the context of this short film, I don't think makes sense. No, not really. No, because it, it's like, all you really get to suggest like why, um, why kitty killed herself it seems like it has something to do with the abusive dad right like you mean in this in the adaptation in the in the, in the film yeah yeah, yeah. like well, right it doesn't it, it it's really really unclear what happened why why she killed herself right and i mm. guess like in this in the context of this short story maybe they for whatever reason didn't have time or couldn't couldn't uh, give any more backstory there, like uh, where the the short story feels like about these two kids, right? This really feels much more just like Larry's perspective, right? Yeah, like, uh, it's only it's really only Larry who's like, all right, <laughs> you know, uh, he gets the letter, and all we really know about Kitty is that uh, that one memory of them jumping onto the hay. And and now she, many years later, she has killed herself, and we're not really sure, like, what's yeah. It, it's going almost on. like it's almost like um, the <laughs> like the takeaway from the film is supposed to be like some people are just meant to fall to their deaths, right? Yeah, yeah yes, <laughs> you know? yes. And like, I guess that's kind of what the story is about. Yeah, not. I mean. It's more poetic kind of, than that. Yeah, but. it's kind of about that, I guess. But it's also like, yes, there's more. There's more. Much more to much it. Much more yes. to it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, because again, like the she she was the one who always knew the hay would be there. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know the like the 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 letter that she writes to him about like you know uh, the more I think about it, like the more I. I think it would would have been better for that rung to have broken before I fell into the hay, right? Yeah. Like, okay. And then he, like him <laughs> writing, saying okay, like, Katie, go <laughs> off. Uh, she was, she was the one who always knew the hay would be there. Like, I, I just don't know if there's like a strong enough uh, connection over this this one even though this is the only situation this only me- this is the only memory that we see of these two kids i don't think that the the two both of these letters really uh are earned by the retelling of that story no i agree i absolutely agree i there's so much you lose from this from the short story here that's like kind of integral to yeah paying off those lines right like like i mean i don't think it's i don't think it's we can pull this out from behind the paywall kitty sends larry a series of letters over the course of their respective adulthoods sure and even that like if we saw him going through through past letters yeah dated notes or something just just like a little bit more right because like i don't think i don't think this is even bad i just think the the bigger plot is lost like outside of the the immediate action right of of the story yeah you know you're right like the (laughs) by the end of this right uh 
you're left with like, okay, here's this guy, Larry, who just found out that his sister killed herself. And now he has to be the one to tell their father. Right. Mm -hmm. And which is like, there should be like a lot of emotions going around there. And I really don't feel like there's any sort of emotional, uh, anything. No, because again, all we know about, I I really think it hurts too, that all we know about the father is that he beat Larry's ass with the craziest look in his eye. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer because it doesn't look bad as, as much as I want to rag on the piano score. Sure. It does have like a, honestly, it feels like very appropriate for the short story. I think the the music uh-huh. does a d- better job of adapting the short story than the, the film itself. Right. There's like a melancholy, and like you said, it is sort of like major key yes. at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, and it does like convey a mood, I think, a, a little bit better than, than the short story does. I I do think like the kid like the child actors are like pretty good. All yeah. things considered, too. Like, better than the adults. Yeah. No, I guess by a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's important because, like, most of the most of the action on screen is the kids. So. Right. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about this one. It's a strange one, right? Yeah. It's, it's Lil, too. Right. It, it's little. That's what I that's what I mean when I say that it's like it felt thin. Is that mm-hmm. like like emotionally? Do we have a yeah. God. Um on the soundboard. Do we have right. a thinner drop? Um we have I, I have a couple from the movie Thinner. Well do we just have the Oh the the, the guy saying the line thinner. Going thinner. I yeah. don't have that. We should have it for as often we talk about as often as we talk about the thor oh geez, the, story being thin. That's the story true. being thin. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um All right, I'll I'll make a note. I'll I'll add that to the board. Uh Do you have anything else to say about this short uh, the the adaptation here? I don't think so. There's not um there's not a lot to it, right? There's n- not a lot to it. Um, I, I want to like, I think the most positive thing I can say about it is that like the, the way it's, I mean, all the shots are framed really nicely. Like it looks like a movie. It does. Um, which sounds like a low bar to clear, but isn't really, no, you know, I, I mean, don't mean that backhandedly at all. No, you know, honestly, uh, this is from 87, right? So like, uh, this was like kind of part of that early batch of, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, Dollar Babies. Um, the uh, the Boogeyman, uh, the Woman in the Room, you know, these early films by these people, right? These short films, but they all, they all seem to like look like real uh, movies, you know, at least like from a, like a still frame perspective, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of the actors are like, you know, they're wooden and whatever. That's whatever. But like they actually, they do actually look good, you know, uh, for what they are. Uh, I, you know, I feel like um, the, the more recent ones, those are the ones that I have a bigger problem with how they look and like how, like the actual, like the composition of the frame, like the actual, like what is in the frame, I think is, you know, uh, can, I don't know, it gets fucked up, I think, with when you start shooting in video. Yeah, it, it's again, we're just being like curmudgeons. Yeah, being old, I, yes, old get heads. off of my lawn, also. Absolutely get off of my lawn. But yeah. I don't know, it's like it feels very similar to my issues with a lot of more contemporary dialogue, which is that there's no structure to it it's yeah. just sort of rambling for the sake of like approximating naturalism uh-huh you know and that's like a little bit with an issue with like acting style as well sure um but, but those two acting in tandem it feels yeah. very similar to me where it's like there's no like 
like composition is kind of a sin now. Yeah, right. A little bit. Right. Not all the time. No, no, but but like yeah, I I understand what you're saying. It's like uh people look at it and they're like, um, well, you thought about this or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you cheated by by planning. Yeah, by putting in effort or whatever. I th- I think really what it is is like it's not that composition is a sin, but that there there I I mean it's Mumblecore's fault, right? Yes. Ultimately, it is the influence <laughs> of Mumblecore. It's the idea that there is just like inherent value in um under composing or or well, under uh, you know, yeah, I can't uh, think of the word. Well, yeah, I mean, like, not not structuring, um, not structuring dialogue and scenes really with a specific. I mean, they might have like a specific intent, but mm-hmm. they're they're not. You know, they're not in a rush to get there. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, honestly, what I what I kind of think is the problem, and this. I don't know, maybe, I mean, this is like an old man thing too, I guess, but, uh, the, a lot of these early ones are all, they're shot on film where the newer ones are all shot on like digital. Yeah. And with digital, there's an infinite amount of hours that you can shoot. And with film, there isn't <laughs> And yeah. like, uh, with, you know, it's, I, you know, it's the same argument that people have been having for a long time. I think is that like, you, when you, when everybody has access to the same stuff, like the same actual like equipment and resources, really like Mm -hmm. they, they can shoot whatever they want. And sometimes it doesn't look that great because they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Right. You know, like, but, and it's also at the same time, it's never been easier to, and now I'll use like music production as sure. an example, but like it's never been easier to like smooth around those edges yes. so that rather than having something that's not like technically proficient, but has like character and texture to it, uh-huh. you've just got this just sort of like orb. Yes. It's just like boring orb. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, yeah. Like gray orb. Yeah. I think at least with like film, there there had to be like everything had to be planned out and not to mm. say that like people who shoot on video or digital or whatever don't plan things out but it, like it really fucking matters <laughs> you know when you're shooting on film and like you have to get it developed and it has to like every uh you know like 35 millimeter reels they only you can only shoot for 15 minutes yeah and every time you cut or whatever that's like a new setup okay well this take lasted nine minutes so that other six minutes of film we can't use right now (laughs) you know what i mean like all (laughs) of that kind of shit and you just you really have to plan it out you have to plan your fucking shots you can't like you you can't figure it out like on the day really yeah um and like yeah and for as bad as the lighting is in in this this short i mean you still you still know what's going on it's oh, just yeah. the it, yeah. yeah i have a feeling that if we saw this like original however it was originally released whether it was played on like uh, a film festival or if it was mm. like actually released on uh, vhs but like i i think that would change it i i think we lose uh, a probably lot here yeah. with this transfer yeah, because the reason, like, you know, in the notes for the for this episode, I had like transcribed what the letter says. Yeah, um, and that was entirely because it was so hard for me to read in real time. Just again, like, not because of how it was shot or anything. It's just because of the transfer. Yeah, like everything gets very smudgy. Um, so yeah, that's probably true. That's probably yeah. true. Um, you want to uh, rank this? Rank this thing? Yes. Okay. Uh, um, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Um, why don't you go first? All right. I put this in my number 10 spot. So I put it below gray matter. So I think gray matter is a little bit better than gray this. matter. This is, Gus Fring and Jigsaw teaming up to that's cure right. alcoholism. 
That's right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a, pure a formula. Slimy right? alcoholism. Um, <laughs> and I, but I put it above grandma because I, I really don't like uh, I don't like grandma. Um, yeah. The I I thought I liked it more when mm-hmm. we talked about it. Yeah. I think just because like the actual grandma stuff was a lot of fun. Sure. But the farther I get from it, the more I'm forced to be like, that was like a minute. Of, <laughs> yeah, of right. Like of, of grandma. Show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For something called One. grandma, we get very Bro. little grandma. One minute with grandma's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's where I have it in my, my 10 spot. It's in the top 10. Yeah. What uh where well, do you Rob, uh, Yep. For me it's in the nine spot. Oh, is, all right. As always incredibly boring. Well, that's different. Um <laughs> You know what? I'm not even just doing this to like mix to cuz I'm worried about boring, mm-hmm. but I like, am cuz this also is boring, but I'm moving it to the 8 spot instead of the 9 spot. Okay. So, that means I bumped it Above, I am the doorway, which I know we both quite liked. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it above that. I think just okay. like it is a little tidier than I am the doorway, uh-huh. and I I really do like this story, even in this like very underdeveloped version of it. So right, I'm bringing that into it. But baby, you know I can't dethrone disciples of the crow. That's staying in my number seven spot. <laughs> Oh, baby, come on. You know I'd never bump Disciples of the Crow down from the number seven spot. Oh, baby, come on. Baby, come on. Please, baby. Call. Call. Call corn. Call corn, baby. (laughs) So that's, um, that's it. We got a, we got, it's, it's an eight to 10 range sort of short film. Yes. And everyone knows what that means. Everybody, we don't even have to explain <laughs> that. Uh, all right. Let's get into the, uh, we're going to take a short break. Yep. And then we're going to get into the short story. Yes. So, so we'll see you over on in, the, uh, in hell. Nope. Over on the Patreon. <laughs> 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 all right. Should, should we start treating the, um, free feed listeners as babies. Like maybe they should be the babies and the patrons should be toddlers. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> 